The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. For a lot of us, um, as we live through, you know, this pandemic, uh, the bottomed out oil market and, and layoffs, there's there's a lot of challenges. And um, this news cycle of all of this has been called headline stress disorder. Think about that one for a second. Headline stress disorder. So the question this afternoon is, how do you stay informed enough to be a responsible citizen without sacrificing your mental health? Dr. Jacqueline Layton is an educational psychology professor at the University of Alberta. She's a registered psychologist, joins us this afternoon. Dr. Layton, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, well, uh, let's expand a little bit more on what headline stress disorder is. I kind of just um, brushed the surface of it. Can you expand on it a little bit more? Well, actually, it's it's a disorder that was coined during the U.S. presidential election in 2016 by a therapist in the U.S. called Dr. Stephen Stosny. And the idea behind this, you know, stress disorder when you're reading all these headlines is that there's a lot of information, there's a lot of news. We are bombarded 24-7 with news, and especially when it's very concerning to us, we become very anxious and very stressed. Very anxious and very stressed. There are people out there, as I mentioned, who are somehow just able to turn it off, maybe walk away from it all. You suggest, though, that turning away from bad news isn't necessarily the right answer. Why is that? Well, because we need to be informed. I mean, one of the reasons why many of us here in Canada, we look at the U.S. and we see what's happening and we think, oh my, I hope, you know, some of the things that go on there don't happen here. Well, one of the ways to make sure that we are fully satisfied with what is happening within our own political sphere is to actually be aware and to be involved. However, that doesn't mean consuming news um, all the time without looking at where the news is coming from and then feeling quite honestly overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. So what is what would you suggest uh, being the best way to moderate it and, and to realize it really if, if it's becoming too much? I guess you have to realize it and then moderate it, but how do you do that? Well, for starters, I think people have to be mindful of what it is that they're doing every day. And, you know, mind, mindfulness is something that is it's a, it's a term that is thrown around, but people really need to stop and observe what they're doing, especially if they can tell that it's elevating their blood pressure and they're getting stressed out. So the number one thing is to be aware of what it is that you're doing throughout the day. That means that we, we really have to check in with ourselves. But also... <laughs> The other big one would be to be careful with how much social media news you're consuming because you can get all wrapped up in a tizzy with all that kind of news. And in fact, it's not very good for our mental health. No, and I'm curious to know, you're a registered psychologist. You have described yourself in articles that I've read as a self-described news junkie. How do you deal with it? How do you balance it? Well, what I do is I, I mean, I really like to be 
um, informed. But one of the things that I always am um, able to do, and it's not, you know, it's not like it's easy every day, but after I watch the news, I think about how I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling angry or if I'm feeling um, upset or scared, like right now, when we look at the news and we hear the news about the pandemic, it's easy to get scared and it's easy to get stressed out, especially given all the control measures that the health authorities are telling us to do and so being able to stop and just acknowledge the emotions allows us then to say well wait a minute how am I going to process this what are the things that are really freaking me out and what can I do about it so for example um, what can I how can I change my behavior so that I'm, I'm actually reducing the risk of for example contracting the virus or not giving it to others or whatever it might be so really checking in after you watch the news Dr. Layton, how important is it, and I'm going to say it's very important, to make sure that you are aware of where you're getting your information from. And I think for some people we can end up, or some people can end up in almost like an echo echo chamber. If they don't agree with what this news source is saying, they just, you know, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. So they're just getting, you know, you know whatever it is, the messaging that they agree with, that sort of thing. It is important to find that balance from from both sides of an issue, isn't it? Well, it is, but that again requires being really self-aware about the way that you're thinking about the news and also the way that you're even thinking about an issue. We all have strong emotions about um, mm-hmm. some issues. And so one of the things, so I agree completely with you. We have to be very um, aware and also careful with how and where we get our news. One of the things also to be aware of is that all news sources have some bias. Even if, it, even if it's small, there is a bias. So, for example, in the U.S., we know that Fox News is very conservative, whereas MSNBC will tend to be more liberal. Both sources are going to be conveying some parts or are going to be conveying accurate news, but it's going to be presented from a certain angle. And so you're quite right that we have to be more, uh, we have to be broad in the way that we consume different sources of news. Um, the other point is to, as you point out, to be really careful with not getting sort of stuck in these echo chambers where all we do is hear what others who agree with us and who are presenting more extreme views of what we already believe in are sort of giving us the same information. And in fact, they might not even be journalists or individuals who are qualified to be presenting the news. And so being aware of that is important because in fact, what you might be consuming could be wrong, outright misinformation. This um, has has been coined, what, information hygiene? Yeah. This is a part of information hygiene. I like that. I like that. I think there's a, I think there's a lot to learn uh, there about uh, what you, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, how long we maybe should be watching. How it's it's very easy to get sucked into things. I, I I've told this story before on on this show, Dr. Layton, after um after 9/11, and it was probably three weeks after, and and my job at the time I was a television news anchor, and I needed to try to keep up to date on everything that was going on, and I. 
I would come home from work or if I had my days off, I just sat there and I watched everything about 9-11 to the point where my, my then husband came home one day to find me sitting on the couch bawling my eyes out. And he says, you need to turn that off. You have to find something else. But it was just so all-consuming, but it was very hard to do that. And that goes back to being aware and, and all of that. But if I had better information hygiene at that time, I think it would have helped. But, you know, there's a balance, though, because you're quite right. Information hygiene is important, but information hygiene cannot mean just setting it out and not watching the news or consuming news. It really is about understanding how best to consume the news so that you're getting uh, good information or the best information you can and not really overloading yourself. I think that the danger of just shutting it out is that we're not going to be informed. And then that's going to influence the kinds of decisions that we make as a society, which I think is far more dangerous, to be quite honest, than over-consuming news. Interesting. You have uh, you have suggested one of the things to uh, to do during crisis is to becoming a little bit more um, civically engaged at, at the local level, and I, I think we do see this happening more often during a during a crisis or some yeah during a crisis um whether it was 9-11 whether it's we're going through right now people find a way to step up in new and different ways and and to connect and to make people feel good and and that is that is uh, what we're seeing it has become really important during all of this Oh, I agree. And, you know, I think that, for example, the physical distancing and the social isolation, I prefer the term physical distancing, not social isolation. I don't think that's good. Um, That we're seeing, I think, has underscored the importance of being connected with each other. When I go walking around my neighborhood and I see people who are also walking and we're keeping our distance, I notice that we are far more friendlier in terms of acknowledging each other and realizing how much we need one another to be careful with one another and to be aware of what is happening to our community. And the other thing is is that this, as you point out, really raises our awareness of the kinds of meaningful issues and the meaningful relationships that we have. In fact, I think that it can be a real eye-opener. And as you point out as well, that it can actually lead us to become more engaged and more thoughtful about the things that are really most important to us. You had touched on, um, uh, you know, you're talking about just simply talking to each other and, you know, forming communities of like-minded people. And and in one of these articles that you're quoted in, you talk about bearing witness, bearing witness to what we're seeing. And and you said at the university, you witnessed that with the morning from um, Flight 752, what happened there. It was was a community that, that came together in a very, very powerful way. And while it didn't change the outcome it was it was uh, it was a way to, to to comfort each other during a time of uncertainty and that was very powerful for you wasn't it yeah because you know I think what happens is, is that 
we get so busy doing our thing, working um, <laughs> and doing the kind of uh, activities that really consume our day that we don't actually talk to one another and validate the experiences that we have. I mean, sure, we talk on the ele- in the elevator and we ask each other how we are, but you know, a lot of the time, the kinds of conversations we have are kind of boilerplate conversations because we're kind of busy going from meeting to meeting or place to place. And one of the things that I've noticed about um, crises or, or tragedies when people come together is that they really slow down and begin to talk to one another, hear one another, talk about the pain that they're going through. And this level of isolation or anxiety that people might be experiencing actually is lessened because we are social animals. We need to be able to connect with one another and validate the experiences and feelings and emotions we're having. It can be very comforting to know that somebody is listening to us, really listening to us and hearing what we're saying and by bearing witness to actually validate, yes, this is a painful moment. Yes, we are scared, but this will get better. One of your uh, colleagues at the university is a, is a political scientist. His name's Andy Knight. Uh, he's an expert on global terrorism um, and, and teaches about it a lot. And obviously, it's that's, that would be a pretty uh, pretty heavy information cycle to deal with. He says, quote, while it's a constant fight to resist being drawn into a spiraling circle of negativity, it helps to realize that history often repeats itself. When the pendulum swings one way, it eventually swings back again. We have a responsibility not just to bear witness, but to be active in trying to counteract the negativity, to remember there's hope at the end of the day, and talking about looking at the bright side and hope. And I thought that also was a very important part of this message. Yes, and and I would completely agree with him. Yes, we need to uh, be hopeful and we need to be active in trying to make things better for one another and to realize, I mean, it, it, it can sound like a cliche to say we're all in this together, but we are. And But the other thing that we need to, to remember is that it takes courage to act. We need to be courageous to, to be there for one another and to not get small in the face of adversity. Um, a lot of people I've, I've been seeing, and this just popped into my head, Dr. Layton, and I apologize for that. I'm going to throw it here out at you, is that, you know, a lot of my friends, whether it's on social media, my social media friends, whatever it is, you know, some people just finding themselves overwhelmed and maybe just having a... A, a big cry fest and they're not sure why they're crying and what I've tried to say to to those people and certainly to my listeners who have texted in and said that they're having an emotional day and and I had one on the weekend is that it's okay and just to to to, to, to accept those feelings and don't brush them aside I mean they're, they're happening for a reason it's it's important not to just think oh that's stupid why am I crying I mean you're crying for a reason yeah Yes. It's important not to numb ourselves to what's happening around us. I think it's, it's good to, to be self-regulated and self-controlled and, and to understand when we have to uh, do something and focus, but it's also important to recognize that when, when we have an opportunity to allow our emotions to come to the surface if they need to come to the surface. I mean, uh, over the, the, the days and weeks of this pandemic, I mean, I've sometimes woken up late at night um, in the middle of the night thinking about 
for example, um, the, the kids who are at home, so many kids yeah. who are at home right now who might be in really vulnerable situations yeah. and are probably reaching out to the kids' help phone and helpline and how much they need school to go to to actually have a sense of normalcy. And I'm thinking, yeah. what's happening to these kids? And so I, I really worry as well. And yet at the same time, you got to check in and, and, and recognize that it is a time to worry, but also what can we do uh, about the worry that can make us feel better and help each other? Dr. Layton, thank you for this. I appreciate your time this afternoon and your insight very much. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. That's Dr. Jacqueline Layton. She's a registered psychologist, uh, but uh, an educational psychology professor at the University of Alberta. Um, if you want to check out uh, an interesting article about headline stress, you can check it out at folio.ca, headline stress, trying to deal with it all. But yeah, important to, and I've said it uh, all along, you know, get get your information from various sources, make up your own, and, and educate yourself. You know, get your get your information from all sorts of different sources, and then come up to, uh, with an opinion. Make it an educated opinion. I think that's that's very important.